Hey, welcome to the Culture Kings Podcast, the podcast that I don't host. But it is hosted by my good friends Edgar Montplazier and Jockey Snail. Very good guys. These guys are just going to talk about pop culture, sports, you know, a lot of shit. Shit people care about. I don't know how to put it. It's like... Podcast, but like a mosh pit. And if you ask them to stop, they'll start shit. I'm talking sports to politics to back and forth. They plead the fifth. And now I'm coming back for more. Bling, bling, really big ring. Basky out with the clowny thing. With the comedians, with the clowny thing. So you better bow down as the Coach Kings. Welcome to Culture Kings. This episode's a little bit different because it is part of our Black Love series. Black Love is all about talking about issues, dealing with the black community, but also talking about how love can heal those issues. Mm. Today we're specifically talking about mental health, probably self-care, probably some other things within that realm, but we're talking with writer, comedian, poppers connoisseur, Joe Gould. That's right. You said it right. And I'm so glad you said poppers connoisseur. I just want <laughs> everybody to know I mean, that I'm a poppers connoisseur. And there's nothing that I cannot do with the right bottle of poppers. And the right bottle is always Jungle Juice Platinum. Uh, the, mm. I, the first time I ever heard about poppers was uh, there's a show in New York called, uh, or I guess the whole festival called DCM, the Del Close Marathon, where they have mar- <laughs> uh, improv for 72 hours. I'm not explaining it to you. I'm explaining it to our guest. I felt an insecurity that I was like, this nigga's gonna be like, dude, I know what the fuck DCM is. No, I, I'm glad you're explaining it. Uh, but um, there was, uh, like, you know, like they have those like crazy bitch shows at like 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. One of them was Poppers Improv, and I got invited to do it. And this girl was just like, yeah, you're gonna come, you'll take Poppers, and then we'll do improv. And I was like, I don't wanna do that. <laughs> Can you explain that what is Poppers fantastic. is? <laughs> yeah, For yeah. What, what, it, what, what is Pop? What makes you a Poppers connoisseur? Um, well, other than having been using them for the majority of my adult life, mm-hmm. um, it's just I've tried all the brands. And, you know, I I know which ones do what, which ones you should avoid, and mm-hmm. which ones you should. But definitely, I don't think Jaquise knows have. what poppers are. Yes. So poppers are what um, queer people, particularly queer men, use mm-hmm. in order you take a whiff of it, and it helps expand the orifices in your ah, body. So okay. they are very useful for. Anal and oral entry. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah, got it. And great. you got asked to do a show. There was an improv show where the to... joke was that we were all going to do poppers before it. Oh, yeah. okay. It makes you like. It does make your head like a little woozy. Okay, yeah, so it's know. it is a drug as well. For not a drug, but you can't you can take it like a drug. I think you can take anything like a drug if you try hard enough. Yeah, I mean. That's yeah, true. I mean, I guess you. It's, <laughs> That's true. I, I've heard that it's similar to like a whippet, but I don't think a whippet yeah. helps you put anything up your. Body. Yeah, and I think whippets are pretty fucking strong. <laughs> My friend needs to do whippets. Uh, first of all, I have to say that it's been what, eight, nine months since we've done this. A black love uh, episode. A black love episode. Yeah, because we fixed everything, bro. We, we fixed talked everything. About everything, and we fixed everything. We, we talked about marriage. Shit. We talked about. Love dating, dating. We we had what else did we have? I we, I wasn't we, here for one. Well, uh, it was the uh, we had a uh, uh, the queer therapist on. He, yes. he came and talked about uh, yes, 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 his experiences in that and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we parenting. Yeah, that was I. I love that one. I still yeah. want to get somebody who's been in prison. Yes, that's on the docket. But this one is good. I I feel like we I feel like we talk about uh mental health quite a bit on this. I mean, in our past episode. Kind of dealt with it. Yeah. You talk about it uh, way more freely than I do. Um, Real nigga. I mean, niggas, we keep our feelings to ourselves, my man. And that's why y'all dying so early. That's true. 
Uh, but <laughs> it's true. It's not. It's not the guns. He's not wrong. Yeah, it's not the guns. Not I saw this dude uh, on Twitter. He said, "Like, why do you think all our grandmas are crazy? Because they keep in like fifty years of stress in their head." <laughs> that, <laughs> that shit is that wild. So true. That shit is wild. Uh, Joe, me and Joe are on a Ma team at UCB. Uh, so we are getting. We're a brand new team, so we're getting to know each other. So this will be fun for me. Uh, let's talk, man. Let's talk. I asked you what was something that was important to you, and you brought this up. So let's start there. Let's start with why a conversation is important to you specifically, just like identity-wise or, or yeah, identity-wise. Huh. I guess I didn't think you were going to ask me that. That's a great question. Uh, I think particularly mental health is such a big part of my identity, and it's not something I talk to a lot of people about. Um, I actually have schizoaffective disorder, so mm-hmm. it is a huge thing that I'm like always dealing with, but kind of in the background now because I've mm. had such a hold over it for the past, gosh, five, six years, I think, that mm, I've wow. just really been able to like n- just take really great care of myself with Good. like initially the help of my family and then after that. So I often sometimes, this sounds so stupid, or I guess it's really privileged just to be like, I forget that I have it sometimes and there are days where I'm just like so exhausted and so tired and feel like I'm on the brink of just like, all right, this is it. This is the day where I just like give everything up and mm. stay in my apartment forever and just let the bacteria take me. Mm. We have a bacteria problem in my apartment right now. It's been fucking ridiculous. What does that mean, bacteria problem? Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, so I live with these two white men and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, that's they, all you got to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is a bacteria problem. <laughs> yeah, somebody left Cheetos out for too long. <laughs> that's what happens. Yeah, you know, it. it, it is something, I think, uh, and, and Edgar, I feel like you have a good grasp on this as well, that like, especially in the black community, that you said it with your grandma thing, like we just don't talk. We don't talk to each other. We we grew up, and I think that's changing now. But like we oh, grew up very slowly, <laughs> very slowly. But we grew up basically hearing like, "Yo, man, you got to keep that shit to yourself. You gotta, you're pray strong enough. It. Pray on it. Yeah, yeah, pray to God on it. All this stuff that I'm not saying doesn't work for people. Well, keeping shit to yourself doesn't work, but no, no. uh. But there's like the macro and micro level of yeah. it. Like where like the macro thing that I always think about is like I think about like the Bible and like how they talk about somebody demon possessed or something like that. And I was like, what if they were just having a panic attack? Yeah. And they're like, oh, this guy has a demon inside of him. And everybody started crowding the person. And then on the micro level, I think about like I used to make this joke a lot about how there's no such thing as a black person with scoliosis. But basically, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> Which that you're a co-host. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that a black person would just be like, "I my back hurts," and just deal with it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like the access to medicine and the access to the option of saying, like, you know, uh, 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 I have this problem, mm-hmm. is something that a lot of black people don't necessarily have, have or have been discouraged from taking advantage of. Absolutely, yeah, we are definitely taught to like compartmentalize and ignore like our real pain. Yeah, like you were saying, be like, "Up, oh, my back's just hurting," and not yeah. that like. Maybe that shit is broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a spinal disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Let's then, let's go to, I don't want to say the beginning, but let's go to what you feel was 
a breakthrough for you yeah. to like how did you even discover that you had this like you know mental disorder like i know that the theory is that it usually happens to young men and like in their 20s and stuff like that was it kind of similar to yeah, that i was very very textbook it was my sophomore year in college yep, that's, um yeah, very textbook i was doing a doing a summer semester for some reason um i thought it would be smart but i just for a really long time was just not able to like do anything like function properly so for the course of like a week and a half i just stayed in my dorm room didn't do anything didn't get out of bed was completely unproductive smelled terrible mm. um my roommate will still attest- testify to the fact that i smelled very bad that week and a half <laughs> and um i started having what my psychiatrist called auditory hallucinations where i was like hearing things and at that point i was like well this seems strange and i had really good student health care at the time so i went to talk to somebody and I did the thing that, you know, all the things you're supposed to do. Like, I went to talk to somebody. I got some medications, da 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 Then I stopped taking them. Mm. And about two years later, my final year of college, I completely, excuse me, I, I relapsed. And it was really bad. And I was asked to leave the university. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. It's cool. We left on great terms. <laughs> <laughs> And then I uh, I went back home to live with my mom, and it was much worse than I was in bed, I think, for maybe like three months. And wow. I, I got up out of bed to eat and to use the bathroom, not to shower. And again, my mom will attest to the fact that her house smelled terrible, her entire house. Just well, it must have been like such a trigger to like be like like you know like be leave school like you know like that that seemed like that would be like a big trigger for you yeah and um i got into a bit of legal trouble too oh boy it was it was all at once that thing was all of it happened at one time because Mm -hmm. i mean like i wasn't taking care of myself i knew that i had schizoaffective disorder because well actually first i was misdiagnosed as being bipolar um, which mm. is something that happens to a lot of black people. We a are often misdiagnosed. Yeah. Yes. So I was taking the medication and it didn't sit right with me because it wasn't the right medication. And so that's when I stopped, even though I shouldn't have. I should have went back to and say something. To yeah, I should say something because yeah. I had the resources to do that. Uh, not everybody does, but I did have the resources to do it. And I just didn't. I was a kid in college, just mm. being a dumb kid in college. And uh, yeah. Do you think that not to get too far away from the story you're telling, but do you think that that do you think there was more to it besides just being a a young kid in college uh bec- or do you think it was something like what we were saying how like years of being told like oh man you already did something about it oh yeah you know you ain't got to you don't have to cuz uh, that i that happens with me a lot with a lot of shit where you put on that quick fix like, a, well, I, like i'll a- get something and it don't work and i'll be like well i tried what i i i, I tried yeah. <laughs> i tried yeah yeah, I, yeah. I, I definitely think that was a thing. Like, I felt like I had to just deal with it and that, like, okay, you did the thing and the thing didn't work. So that means, like, you still need to work on something mm-hmm. in yourself instead of just, just reaching out to, like, all the resources I had access to and be like, I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I am struggling here. I'm drowning and I need a lot of help. But yeah, I was like, nah, I'm just going to be, I'm gonna keep it cute. I'm going to be strong, get through this. It's my last semester. Uh, it was my last year of college. I was like, no problem. I'll be able to do this. And then, Nah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't able to do it. Yeah, that's such a. I mean, I, I think that's like such a, such a human thing. Like to admit, like you know what I mean. Like I, I, I distinctly, and this is so much smaller. 
But I remember I was in therapy, and then I just started dating a girl, and I was like, shit, I'm happy, like, you know what I mean? And then I had a big, like, you know, breakdown after that. And, like, I think that we're just so unwilling at times to do the work because it seems so terrifying and so new to us. Mm-hmm. Did you feel any of that? Was that kind of like you're just like, damn, I, I found out that I was misdiagnosed, I have this new disorder that I've, like, you know, probably never heard of before, and now I have to do the work for that? Now I'm good. I'm just going gonna, gonna to be me. Uh, Yeah, so... That well, I think after the new diagnosis, first I was like, "Well, this one's probably not right either." I'm not like listening mm, to this shit, and then a bit of mistrust, yeah. Which right. another thing that black people have with like the medical community because oh. yeah, there's, there's I mean, because they kill us. Stuff. I mean, yeah, they, they were putting diseases in us for fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, how about yeah. we give all these niggas syphilis and see what happens? Um, and so I was resistant to that, and then I was like depressed all over again because, like you said, it was like anything like God. Now I got to deal with this shit, but. My my amazing amazing mother. She's just so perfect. I, no notes, no critiques of my mother. She's perfect. <laughs> she was just so determined to, you know, just get me back to the the person she knew, like the son that she knew. Mm. And I mean, I'll never be able to repay her for that. Like the work she put into that, the work and the money she put into that. And mm. like she definitely saved my life and like just changed my life. And uh, yeah, she was more committed to my health than I was. And damn, that was that's one of the things that like. We were talking about we were going to talk about self-care and stuff. I think community care is a lot of a big thing that we overlook when we talk about mental health and just like love in the black community that like you can do all the right things for yourself. And then there are barriers that get in your way, like a misdiagnosis or not having the funds. And if you have a community of people around you to support you and uplift you, it'll make all the difference in the world. And yeah, I had that community and that like it just changed my life. And that's scientifically proven, right? Like uh, they did a study with rats where they were you think like black people are rats. Well, I'm just explaining. Just oh, let me racism. tell you. Let me tell you what he really think. Uh, tell well, us what you really think. Well, I'm not the one who texted somebody nigger earlier today. <laughs> oh yeah, I almost when I text you that, uh, yeah, I'll get your meter number. My autocorrect changed it to nigger with a hard R. That's like, what's your meter, nigger? <laughs> but, um, but like they did this study right where like they gave a rat. Um, it was like a, some, I think, it's not meth, but something like that that they use in the hospital. Shit. Um, and they made it, take it on by itself. Mm-hmm. And it immediately got hooked on it. Like, it was like a, a drug addict. But then they gave an, a, a group of them, they gave one in that group. And it was around that group, and it only took it for the pain that it needed. Like, it was just like, ah, so there, that's like, interesting. that's what that addiction can come from sometimes is that separation okay. and that loneliness because they're just like, yeah. why doesn't your grandma get hooked on the drugs that she's on when she's in the hospital versus you give an addict that drug on the streets and they get hooked on it. And it's yeah. like, so much of it comes from community of like, this person has a love and community around them and stuff like that. That changes the way that they're interacting with that drug. That's I'm paraphrasing a lot of that and someone's no. gonna be like no it sounds alright but like I, I think that like, yeah don't come what... at us man we we ain't smart yeah. we keep telling y'all that shit <laughs> I am smart <laughs> <laughs> come at come at Joe what's your yeah. Twitter <laughs> and my Twitter is <laughs> at Joe P. Gould the handle is twerk bajir <laughs> I'm smart uh, and funny but I agree go. with you that like if you're doing all this work but you do it in a vacuum sometimes and stuff like that yeah. those slip ups can feel a lot harder yeah and then also too, I mean, here, look, and 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 I know this isn't. I'm not gonna pretend like this is just within the black community. This is everywhere. Facts. But we are specifically talking about our community and talking just our human experiences, which is the human experience. You, how important do you think it is to? Because a lot of times we don't realize 
the toxic people we put in our lives, right? Ooh. Or we don't realize the and 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 not toxic in a way that they are actively trying to bring you down but they, they, they just are though yeah, yeah. they're bringing you down in, in one way or another very so like having that community around you uh a lot of times i can speak for myself as a black man you feel that it's hard to turn your back on certain people within your community because like that's not what we do you know what i'm saying and maybe maybe you don't have that same feeling, but how important do you think it is where, you know what, this person in my community isn't, or my social circle isn't serving me the way I need them to, and this person is. Do you actively look for that? Did you actively look for that? Or did, was it just around you? Um, well, I will say off the back that I'm the type of person who, if I discover that you're like a toxic person who really is just like leaning into that and you don't, give a fuck and you're unapologetic about it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just done with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like such a waste of my energy, I think, because Facts. you have to be first, if people are reaching out to you to be like, these are the things, and like, honestly, we're not all therapists or doctors, but if I'm a friend of yours and I say like, this is a personality trait that maybe you could work on changing, you're just like, nah, or I'm just going to do this terrible thing, then cool, you do that thing yeah. by your damn self. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the energy for it. Um. I do think it is important that we hold people in community when we can, but a, a, a toxic person, you can't hold them in your community because that's just going to spread, I think. Um, and it is hard. It, it's really hard. We see that all the time um, where there are toxic people in our community and we want to just keep bringing them back. I won't say names like Kanye uh, kind of <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I said it. Uh, again, that's at Joe P. Gould on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Hit him up. Hit him Hit up. Him up. I said Not nothing. me and Edgar. Not me and I Edgar. I said nothing. Um, I think the real toxic person is... I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but, gosh, it's it's hard to find that line, but I think we really, really do, like, for the better of ourselves and the better of, like, the other people in that community, we do have to, like, at times say, like, you are a person who is committed to destruction, mm-hmm. and that's not something that we can still hold in community with us. But sometimes yeah. cleaning a house like that is painful, right? It's I mean, so I painful. think we saw it with the surviving R. Kelly thing, where, and I'm not out here saying, I mean, I was, I, I've never, I don't have any sentimental, uh, any sentimental value to any of his music, mostly because Jaquise knows this. I was raised very, very Christian and very secluded. So by the time I was coming around to R. Kelly songs, I was coming around to a lot of them as classics and people already knowing them. So people was like, well, what am I going to dance to at a wedding? And I was like, you can dance at weddings? I had no idea you could dance at a wedding. That's crazy. So like, I didn't have any of that, but I could see a lot of people struggling with letting go of R. Kelly, letting go of Michael Jackson. I mean, how do you like pitch to these people the value it is in doing that sort of cleaning? And I'll even enlarge in the question to... It's hard to tell someone, hey, this behavior that you're doing is very, very toxic. It's toxic that when you have failure, you order a bunch of pizza and you eat it and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot of pain in letting go of some of those things. So in your own life, how did you do the very tough cleaning to let go of some of the toxic behaviors like staying in bed and not showering and stuff like that? Oh, well, yeah. So those specific things, like, I'll go back to, like, that was with the help of, like, my family and stuff. We were mm. just, like, so committed to, like... We are getting you out of bed. You are going to go to your psychiatric appointments. You're going to go to the therapist appointments. And eventually, like, when you're taking the meds, and my brother would go pick my meds up for me if I was refusing to do it, and they would make sure I took those meds. And Damn, that's love. The, it, it's really love. My family that's loves love, me to bro. death. I love them. They would do anything for me, and I'm just, like, committed to 
putting that same energy back into them. Mm. And well, like, do you so think, that really helped. Do you think a lot of that was like them just being like, part of you not wanting to take it is the disease itself. And it's not, it's not necessarily Joe being like, I don't want to work on me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think they could definitely, I mean, your family knows you better than anybody. They, they definitely knew the version of me that they could see as the real me. Obviously yeah. there, there are things about yourself, even your family doesn't know, but they knew that that was like the illness. And yeah. my uncle has the same uh, diagnosis. So like, it's something our family had experience with. Mm. And I think maybe they were always like in the background prepared for it. Yeah. And so they were just, like I said, they, they took such good care of me. And then I was, God, before I knew it, I was just back on my feet, mm-hmm. back in school, finished that. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to move to LA to pursue the comedy writing thing. Yeah. And they're like, ah, okay. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about, about that too. But before I talk about just being in this industry which is very tough mentally uh you said something earlier basically about or edgar said something about all right they know it wasn't you they know it was your your it, disease is is that is it cool? disease, okay yeah. uh, i don't want to say the it wrong doesn't offend word. me it, okay. it might offend somebody all right well talk to i don't give a it. fuck about nobody else yeah, uh, yeah. the dsm is gonna be real mad <laughs> that you call it a disease. uh but you know i feel like that's a big thing is a lot of times we ask that question what's wrong with me right what's wrong with me is it me and a lot of times we've and we're not we attack it from a standpoint of or at least just speaking for myself, you'll attack it from a standpoint of like, what am I doing wrong? So to say, as opposed to let me go get help and see if there's actually some like a mental aspect to this, not beyond like just what am I doing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk about that process of if you were having like, what the hell is wrong with me to the point where I need to get help? Uh, Cause you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but like there are a lot of people I know that are thinking like, is something wrong with me? Should or should I just work on like you know being more positive? And that's the thing. Or do I need to get my ass somewhere to a doctor and like actually like take advantage of some of the things that are out there to me and see if there's more to this than I'm just sad right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So I think for me. The the turning point was definitely like when I had realized how long I had just been up in bed, like secluded from everyone without even just thinking that I had been doing that. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think I missed a couple of shifts at my job and people were texting me, like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Da, 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 da. And then when I had like the auditory hallucinations, which is when you're hearing things that aren't there, I, that's when I was like, I should go talk to somebody. And mm-hmm. I it wasn't that hard for me to do the initial thing because... I don't know what I was expecting here, but I knew it wasn't going to be anything like, oh, you're going to die. Or some people have mm-hmm. like a fear of death. I, d- I didn't think it was going to be anything um, too bad. And it was a summer semester, so less people were on campus. For some reason, it was easier. Not for some reason. For that reason, it was easier to get an appointment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a barrier for people to like getting an appointment. But it was on campus. I was able to get an appointment really quickly. I had the health insurance. I was like, why not? And mm-hmm. I just went and talked. And I had been in therapy as a child after my parents got divorced. Um, my mom, my mom is very pro therapy. She's not one of those like 
pray it away. She's like, we're going to pray and we're going to go to therapy. We might <laughs> pray with the therapist. But, uh, <laughs> Hold on. Before you get us therapy, let's pray. Yeah, yeah, All right. Yeah. Father That's God, so, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So I was familiar with the um, with the concept of like therapy. I wasn't familiar with like going to like a psychiatric doctor. And that yeah. was a little more intimidating. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like at first, it was for me, it was very like easy just to go and do it. Because I think a part of it was, even though I was like, now I have to deal with this thing. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, how do I deal with this? It was also like, I want to fix this thing so I can continue to be successful. The part I left out was that my grades fell and not that this matters. The education system is all messed up. It's like the hierarchies and da 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 da. But I was like on the dean's list a lot before mm-hmm. that, and then <laughs> I got that shit matters. Yeah, I got yeah, a D. It matters to you. I got a D in a math class, and that had never happened to me in my mm-hmm. entire life. And I was like, I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't going to class. Things just weren't catching. And I was like, this isn't like that's when I knew that this wasn't me. And I was like, I need to, I need to talk to somebody. Like it wasn't just a D in a math class. I got a lot of D's that semester. Like the mm-hmm. school sent me a letter. Like, hey. We will kick your ass out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when I went to talk. Before we go to break, what would you say to somebody who is there, or you know, I need to get the help, but they are afraid to for whatever reason? I don't know if you had that because I know you had your family and your support system, you know, behind you as well. But there are some people that are there. I do need to get the help, but they are scared of like that. What if next step? Okay. So. If this person has the resources, I, I really think just the best thing I can say to them is just like be invested enough in yourself to take the best possible care of yourself and don't let that fear keep you from doing that. Because the fear is for me, like the fear, the anxiety and depression, that's also a part of dealing with a mental illness. So that's probably not you like you do so many things in your day to day life that are fearless and overcome obstacles. This is something that you can manage and you can deal with. And, you know. People are surprisingly understanding, especially in our generation. Like, tell your friends. Like, talk to your friends. Like, you have mm-hmm. a close friend you know you can talk to about that thing. Yeah. And that friend will probably go to, like, sit in the lobby with you. And, you know, if I'll also say, going back to community care, if you're a friend of somebody noticing something like that and they reach out to you, take your ass to their appointment with them and sit in the lobby with them. Just, like, be there for people. Because that me, little it's extra can change the world, yeah, right? Mm. It makes all the difference. Mm. Yeah, Like, just embracing that person. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Just as this a thing that we have to, like, work through. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly enough, Janine was that friend for me. Yeah. We yeah, just I had, had like, her. a really rough time. And then she, like, drove me to a therapist and was just like, just do it, bro. Yeah. That, that person isn't. But even if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, man, I don't, you know, that doesn't affect me. You probably know somebody who it does. Yeah. Uh, And you have no idea what you can be for that person by just, you know, we, I remember we had an ad read one time. In the beginning of that ad read said, we always wait till people are gone to give them their flowers. And I didn't know what the fuck that meant. Uh, But then you said, like, you know, it means... That we always wait until people are dead to start saying good stuff about them and yeah. things like that. And same thing, we always wait until that person is at the point of no return. Before but I we mean, care. it also means literally, because like literally when they're dead, you put flowers on their grave. You well, ain't never gave them flowers when they were alive. I mean, how many people, I give people flowers. Who the last person you gave flowers to? We're going to be we right back. back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're going to be right back. I was back. really expecting you to say your fiance uh, or something. Nah, he knew he couldn't. I he knew he couldn't. I got cats, man. I can't give her flowers anytime because the cats eat them bitches. All right. There you go. Here excuses. <laughs> we know when you're going to be giving her flowers. <laughs> no flowers at the wedding. <laughs> 
Yo, we'll be back with Joe Gould right here on Culture Kings. We'll be back. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, you are hearing it right. It is an episode of Black Love here on Culture Kings. We're talking about mental health, self-care. We're going to get a little bit more into the self-care part of yeah. this. But before we do that, let's let's talk a little bit about Joe in general. So, Joe, you're a comedian. Kind of. Oh, you're a writer. Yeah, I write you're a comedy the, writer. Yes, I'm the I same write, way, bro. Um, I, I don't think of myself as a comedian because I don't. I'm, I'm just a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Right, but you're not so, just a writer. I've yeah, seen you do yeah. improv. Nah, that's not me acting. That's me writing with my mouth moving. Okay, I like that. I like that. It was good improv, though. It was good. Oh, that's very nice, yeah. Joe. Thank you so much. And I'm not a nice person, so like, I'm oh. telling you that. He ain't told, the he first ain't thing told he said me. to me was just like, you were fucking wrong about Buffy. And I was like, I don't even know this nigga's name. He's coming at me. <laughs> he hasn't he told me I was good at improv yet, Edgar, so take that. I mean, he's just being truthful. I was <laughs> 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 It was there. Uh, yes, no, it's okay. It's all right. I was on Harold Night once. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you want to unpack that? You mess all now, bro. Come, I'll, come see you. I'll come see you on Sunday. Uh, Sunday at 7, right? Don't come see. Um, <laughs> I'm so you are, <laughs> you're, in the, you're in the entertainment industry, oh, just yeah. in general. Uh, yeah. It's a tough industry to be a part of. So And, and dare I say it's a social industry yes um taxingly social social. industry which is easier for some people than others and and, and, those people are fake that's uh, just the conclusion i've come to (laughs) that people wear is easy for (laughs) yeah they're robots they're robots for real so you know because here's the thing man I, i i know this just from producing a lot and i know this just from at this point like being in so many things where you get dropped into a group of people that you have to work with, <laughs> that you have to yeah. work with, right? Uh, whether it's theater or improv or mod or anything, with like you job, just get whatever. dropped into a whole, like out of nowhere, into a whole bunch of personalities that you have to learn how to coexist with, right? And that can be hard as well. How is how hard it, how hard is is it hard for you? How hard is it? And what do you think is a good way to cope with? People who have to actually live life, whether it's comedy, I'm saying I'm asking you about comedy because it's what you're doing. But yeah. there are some people who have to go live life now with the weight of the thing that they are dealing with uh, on their shoulders as well. Hmm. Well, specifically for like the mod team around Emerald, we are the fourth Wednesday of every month at UCB mm. Sunset. Very get that promo. Up. Are Very... we the best mod team in UCB history? Yes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll tell y'all this. Y'all came out real hot out of the gate for well, the, out of the all new teams. I saw y'all and I was like, "This team slaps. This team our, slaps heavy." Our second show was pretty damn good, man. They're all fun. so good, just perfect shows. Good. Um, but being thrown into that group of people mm-hmm. um, has been actually really easy. I, I find all the personalities pretty easy, really easy to get along uh, with. Keith hasn't revealed himself. <laughs> there, there are moments when Jaquise is very Jaquise and I'm like okay what do we say about you Jaquise did I say like give him six give Jaquise six months and then he, the real Jaquise yeah. comes out give me six months I definitely see I'm a great the, person guys. The, the type Jaquise being one of the type A people on the team oh 100 and, and, and that's fine you need those people like that on mm-hmm. the team that's um, what gets things done yeah uh, him and I would say Sheena who's also on our team is type A in a very productive way and they they're always like very solution oriented like these are the things that we need to get done to get 
to put on a great show. And we've been putting on great shows. So that's Remember it. when we were talking about cognitive therapy, right? Mm-hmm. You're not a control freak, you're a what? I'm a uh, uh, what do we say? Strong leader. Strong leader. Yes. Yeah, you're recognizant. You're you're re. You're rethinking okay. the thing. I think those are synonyms, but that's fine. <laughs> that's exactly what that's they what are. That's what they are. Okay. That's exactly what they are. He's a strong leader, but it's more positive than... It's a positive yeah, way. It, it's always very... I mean, we've... What has it been? Three months that we've been together and... Uh, two. Two. January. Uh, no, when, no, February. February March, April. Yeah, it's, it's like three months. It's basically May, It's basically May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but yeah, I, I really just enjoy being around you all tremendously, which is rare for me because mm-hmm. I don't like frequently enjoy the company of people mm-hmm. um and like work in those environments um i think one of the things that helps with being on our mod team is that we are like so diverse and there's just like it's so easy to relate to like so many different people on the team in different ways mm-hmm. and like in work especially in the entertainment industry if you are a black person if you are really any type of non-white person there is a very high chance that you will be the only one of that person in that area. In no, that comment. Area. no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. You don't in trouble at work. Um, but <laughs> that can make it hard because, especially with dealing with like a mental health thing, or even if I'm just having like a day where I'm having like depression or anxiety, because I do take medications for like the antipsychotic stuff I need, but I don't take depression or anxiety meds anymore just because I don't like how they make me feel. But you can be in a space with like black people and they're just like, eh, that's just how he is. It's cool. And that reads to other people's like, oh, that nigga got attitude or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's upset yeah. or he's, yeah, he's not a part of the team. Yeah. 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 And so there are days it works. I just want to like be left alone, keep my head low and that kind of stuff. And it reads a certain way. Mm. And and like you said, in this industry, you don't want to come off that way. You always want to be like, hey, how are you? Anything I can help you with? I like it. That's a great idea. Love that uh, script you sent in, da 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 Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just... You really don't want to do that half the time. You just want to be left the hell alone. But you got to be because, like, especially, like, you know, now with, like, this WGA thing happening, right? Like, basically, the the system, quote-unquote, of how, and it's always been people recommending people, but even more so now, everybody's going to be getting jobs because someone's going to say, oh, Joe, he's great in the room. He's so funny. He's this. And you're so, like... In my room, I'm like, damn, I got to be like, because I also kind of have the same thing, right? Like, there are just days where I just want to be in a dark room and listening to Earl Sweatshirt and, well, very different. Uh, (laughs) Very different, but same effect. Uh, uh, And just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. But I'm always just like, damn, I don't want to walk in and then be like, oh, well, Edgar, he's angry. Like, oh, Edgar in the room, he's very angry. He don't laugh at, and like, that, that, that's how everyone's going to talk about you. Like, and like, so I get in my head about that sometimes. Because you're right, it's like, this is one of the few industries where it's purely reputa- reputation based. If I'm a doctor, I may be doctors too, but I feel like <laughs> if I'm a doctor and I man, have a that resume, doctor, that doctor killed that motherfucker. But let's still go to him. Yeah. Marvelous personality, He's funny. Yeah. He's got a killer sense of humor. Yeah, but, but like I do think that with doctors, you could be like, oh, he doesn't have a good bedside manner or something like that. Yeah. But other jobs, like your resume, will speak for itself and stuff like that. But in this, it is purely a friend business, and that can make it so tiring for someone with mental health of being like, I always got to be on, I always got to be in a good mood, I always got to be this because. That one time, especially if you're a person of color, that one time you go like, yo, I'm kind of pissed off today, defines you. Yeah. Yeah. You're the angry black person. Yeah. Or the angry Latino person, the angry Asian person. You're any of that. And, I mean, white dudes go into rooms all the time and yell, scream, 
All that bullshit. All that mm-hmm. bullshit. And that's character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's passionate. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that, man. Like I like even today we had like we were we were together earlier at a pitch meeting. And like after about and I always get like this, after about an hour of just hearing eight to twelve people talk. I just zone the. F- I tune out. Like it's just hard for mentally for me to like stay that's in a lot that of information. Fucking, that's just, and it's not even that I'm tuning out, but it's just like I don't want to participate in this to the point where like I am also adding another voice consistently in a room. And I've always been like that, and I will always get, "Why are you being so quiet?" And I was just like, nigga, because I'm listening to y'all. It's like, let me I mean, just. You're not listening, but I am right. listening. <laughs> what, you're not listening. What were all of my pitches today? All right, I'll give you all your pitches. Uh, your first pitch was. Don't don't actually give my pitches. Okay. <laughs> no, I want to hear them. I want to hear them. I want to hear this nigga's funny. Wait, you, caught, you you pushed back, and I wasn't. Ready. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Wait, who wrote that fountain sketch? Uh, Ben. Uh, ben. Ruha pitched it. Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ruha pitched it. Yeah, Ruha that pitched shit was it. Funny. This dude wrote a little shop sketch at our last uh, show, and they fucking crushed, man. And he got Beth to scream no at him because he trashed the stage, and I loved it. I threw fake cum all over that stage. Oh, that's it was, great. It was fucking hey, great. Hey, listen, if Beth is mad at you, you're a good friend of mine. That's you're what doing, I'm aiming for. You're doing it. Yeah. You're a good friend of mine. But basically, it is, It is like, I'm saying all that to say, like, it is to the point where, and, and, and I want to be completely honest, I don't- Be it, nigga. I don't have, I don't ever- like I hate when people say things like, "Oh, I have like OCD," when you don't, you know. So I'm not, I'm not saying like I have any like mental health issues that I'm aware of, anything like that. So I'm not saying it in the same like realm as you, but I'm just saying from a black perspective and from somebody who does not talk about my feelings easily. Like I hate when you feel like you have to be on when you don't want to be, yeah. <laughs> and I can only imagine. I can only imagine that's even harder when there is a mental health aspect to it because, like, you're you're almost fighting, like, two battles. I mean, that's just from an outside perspective lifting in. You're almost, like, fighting two fucking battles, which is unfair of people to put on you, I think. 100%. It, it's unfair of people to put on you. So, yeah, like, let people be. Instead of, like, assuming, why don't you – I don't know. Maybe you can talk to this. Instead of assuming – ask yeah i don't know if that's something that you would also say is something that would be helpful but um i mean it, i guess it can be helpful everybody's different i'm the type of person just just like leave me alone like if you see me and i'm looking mean one i am mean so <laughs> yeah just but two i'm probably just like chill and just want to be not bothered by whatever especially at work we're all here to do the same job just don't i would say don't project your assumptions onto people just based off like yeah what you perceive as like them having an attitude or them being angry like sometimes people are just like chilling and that's just how they are like that's their neutral state and that's fine some people do want to be asked if there's like you know something they want to talk about and that's fine too i think you have to gauge that fill it out and gauge yeah. it um yeah what do you do what do you do what are some of the things that you are doing to help you kind of navigate not only the, the the world you're inserting yourself into uh but the world that you are given just as who you are in it I think the big things for me are always just just taking meds. I take Abilify if anybody is like, you know, going through that same schizoaffective. I I think it's also effective for bipolar and schizophrenia. This is not me telling you to take medication. This is just me saying like 
this is what I take for my thing. Go see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm very diligent about taking my meds. Um, hey. I have a really close friend group still back home in Cleveland. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, real Cleveland, not like the suburbs, like some of y'all people be saying. Um, and I can talk to them about anything. When I feel the need to talk to a therapist, I do that. And the biggest thing for me is I like to get up in the morning and go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's true. They say get your serotonin active or whatever. I don't know. Maybe I've just bought into like the gym culture lie. But I like going to the gym. I always feel better if I can get up in the morning and do that. But see, here's what I'll say to I that. I get back to that. Uh, have you stopped? You were into it for a, a while. Weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Two two weeks can kill you, man. Uh, you'll get back in it, man. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for that first negative thought, though. Uh, yeah, two weeks. But he followed yeah. it with a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. He quickly it's realized fine. what yeah, he was yeah, doing. Yeah. He was like, two, two weeks, man. Uh, fucked. You fucked, my nigga. But no, nah, no, nah, you good. You good. You good. <laughs> But uh, now you made me lose my train of thought with your dumbass gym shit. Uh, no, but that's you just said. <laughs> you just said that you know you don't know if it actually works. And here's what I say to that: it works for you, so that's important. Like oh, yeah. find what no, works for, for you. Sure. Oh yeah, everybody has their self care. Like you know, I, when I'm upset, I go play video games. I go play like NBA 2K or something like that. Like instead of like arguing with a person or something like that. And you know, Jaki masturbates in the cup and looks at his own semen. So like we all have that. I knew that. That's why I, I've written thing. a sketch based off him mm-hmm. pitching that. Yeah, <laughs> he showed us a video. He was like, "Here's my pitch. This oh, is the video of me masturbating he in a cup." He did it in front of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was the video. That's because I I've known oh, you okay. for a while. I yeah. didn't know these niggas. Yeah, yet, you know. <laughs> You gotta, they gotta earn life. Yeah. Actually, life. that's a crazy self care routine <laughs> <laughs> to jerk off in a cup and look at it and go, "What do you even think?" Like this, could, this could be life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to clarify that I am. I do not. <laughs> I'm not a pro lifer. That is a great. I think that is a great self care routine. Is to jerk off in a cup, look at it, and go, "This could be life." <laughs> It starts here. It starts here. <laughs> this could have been somebody happy. Life. That's not me. Uh, is not life. Sometimes it's food. I don't know if it's life. Oh, that, boy. Uh, yeah. I mean, oh, boy. Yep. You know. I hear a new shirt, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I hear a new shirt. Sometimes sperm is life. Sometimes sperm is life. Sometimes, sometimes it's food. It's food. Nope. <laughs> I never said sometimes it's life. Sometimes food. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think, we're you know, shit, if it works for you, it works for you. And that's, that's all that matters. Nice. And... I mean, just from, like, just seeing you, you take care of yourself, like, physically and stuff like that. And I always wondered, is that a... Because for some people, it is, like, I just want to look good. And I know you also want to look good as well. Uh, but That's help. Yeah, that that helps. But it also, it is, like, a routine. Yes. That helps, right? It's, yes. it's, it's something yeah. that you know you can depend on. It's something that... Not only you know you can depend on, but it's something that you know you can control. Exactly. For me, it is very much about like being able to do this thing consistently, and I can control it and improve in it. And um, it, I mean, I mean, there's also things like gay dude living in L.A. There's mm-hmm. like certain body expectations that are put on you, and mm-hmm. I fed into that toxic gym diet culture stuff. I mean, it pays off on the weekends though because woof, I stay busy. Mm-hmm. But uh, out here dro- dropping his stats. Yeah. <laughs> he be dro- stats. Joe, Joe be dropping them stats a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll what's just your walk- shoot, what's your shooting average? <laughs> shooting average? <laughs> you, you Kevin Durant numbers? What's good? <laughs> Which one is that? Uh, he's very good. Very he's good. very good. Okay, he's very then, sure. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's like number two in the league. Good. He's number one. I don't know if I'm number one or two. One or two. Who's number one? I, I'm. Not, I don't. I'm not having this conversation. Who's number one right now, bro? Uh, KD. Thank you, KD. But Is, I know there will say be the same person. Yeah, but I know there are some people who say he's number two behind LeBron James. Well, LeBron James isn't in the playoffs, dropping fifty points. 
Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you can be KD. Okay. Just say yes. He's the one that doesn't brush his hair, though, right? Yeah, he is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I feel like that's not a nice thing to say. <laughs> that is true. But you know I've what he said, those though? Memes. He said something very funny about that. So I was like, why don't you brush your hair? He said, because I'm too busy worried about my shot. And I was like, oh, well, I guess. Nah. <laughs> nah. Well, it takes 45 seconds. Get the seconds. Get the you don't waves. even have that wave. What if he brushed his hair and his shot was terrible? Then he went. He'd have waves. <laughs> <laughs> you have a dope-ass lining. Uh, we'll be right back. Right here on Culture Kings. All right, so I don't know if this is something that you want to talk about, Joe. You can ask um, me anything. So, being so like we we're all black in this room, and we have the history of being black uh, on our side when it comes to mental health. Uh, but you are also a part of the LBGTL. See, you better get them up. letters right, nigga. LBGTL. <laughs> LB- what does that other L stand for? <laughs> the LBGTQ community. And Wait, I want to know what you thought that L stood for. I was in, uh, love. Uh, <laughs> that's love. So, so, Lesbian uh, by love, <laughs> and that's it. Uh, and and that 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 has the history, especially with the mental health aspect and the the discrimination and everything that both of those communities have been through. I don't know if we have talked to anybody about the mental health aspect dealing with both of those, uh, both of those struggles that you have to navigate in the world. Does it, do you feel that either one makes what you're going through harder? Um, gosh, this is such a interesting question because so many black queer people often have like the discussion of like blackness and queerness and which one you're operating in and like which one is harder. And it's like, cause it, it's all like intertwined yeah. like, constantly. It feels like, um, like I'll just say like specifically, like I am a, sample size light-skinned gay dude so uh there are like just certain ways that i'm able to navigate the gay community that that make it easier i'm also more mask presenting than a lot of other uh like femme presenting folks so that's easier um people don't fuck with me as much because i have like i mean my arms look nice they look like and i do swing uh just in case (laughs) anybody was thinking about trying it um so those things in particular like i my struggle with queerness largely like when I was when I felt safe coming out to my family um it's been like fairly easy for me but within the community it it can be exhausting just seeing like when you feel like you're a part of something that people hate and I know this is gonna make like people mad when I say this but like especially even in like comedy and entertainment there there just seem to be like a lot of straight black people who really just fucking hate queer black people mm-hmm. and um that just no, that shouldn't make anybody mad it's yeah, fucking it's true it's fucking true yeah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> like, and that could be hard like there was the like the Kevin Hart incident and I I listened to your episode about that and you all were like really great and made like really valid really I think well thought out points about that and and in situations like that it's not like queer people being like we hate this person that it's just like saying like we need you all just to listen to us and understand like why this thing is hurtful and upsetting and like yeah. perpetuates violence against us. And th- this past week, I guess, has been really hard 
with the uh, LGBTQ and being black and like mental health thing because I don't know if you two know about that young man in Alabama, Nigel Shelby. He's a 15 year old kid. Yes, I yeah. did hear about this. He yes. got the, the, is it the cop that shoved his head into the pavement. No, I I forget that person's name. I'm sorry. Uh, th- that happens way too it often. It happens too much, unfortunately. But Nigel Shelby, he was he's a gay he was a gay kid who lost his life to suicide because yeah. he was just being bullied relentlessly. Oh my um, god! And he just he could not deal with it. And um, to me, that's like the thing that comes back with community care. I am tearing up. I'm gonna get it together. Uh, that comes I'm back with like talking about community up, bro, care because there are a lot of people who think they're like pro-black and you want black power and black liberation, but that has to include like queer people and Absolutely. it has to include black gay people, femme black gays, black trans people especially. Mm-hmm. And this young kid had his whole life ahead of him. His whole life. He was 15. Mm-hmm. Like at 15, I. I don't know. I thought I was going to be like an ambulance driver or something. I was excited about that shit. Like you're just excited about everything. And he, he was doing all the right things. Like I talked about before, his mom was like, they had him in therapy. He was talking Mm -hmm. it out. He was dealing with it. His family loved him and embraced him. But unfortunately the larger community he was around just wasn't caring of him. And because of that, he was just like, I cannot do this. And he gave, he made the decision that he thought was best for him and I think it's sad that a lot of people, you know, feel like this world is so cruel to me and I don't want to experience that anymore. Yeah. And um, that that's something that's been on my mind a lot this week. Um, yeah. With, like, black queerness. And just in general, it's just, like, black people are exposed. We're just exposed to so much more trauma and violence. And I, I want to be clear what I mean, like, violence by the state. Just in case anybody thinks I'm talking about black-on-black crime because that ain't real. Um, and that... Like when you're exposed to that stuff, you are more prone to have like mental health issues, and of course. then like it feels the, like everyone's against you. Yeah, and the behaviors you model to get through those situations, people just assume, like we were talking about earlier, people assume you have attitudes. A lot of time, we see like young black people in pain, particularly black women. Like we'll see them in pain and expressing their pain in different ways, and we're just like, oh, she got attitude, or she stank, or she's something like that. And it's like, no, this person is like in pain, or like we were talking about earlier, maybe they just want to be left the fuck alone, and we project like our biases and stuff onto them mm. instead of just thinking about like this person might just need care, might just need to be left alone, or, you know, it, it could be any number of things. And we don't give black people that same grace and that benefit of doubt that we do with, like, so many white kids. When I mean, like, a white dude can shoot up a goddamn church, and people be like, well, he was dealing with mental health stuff. I was like, what? Yeah. So, yeah. for me, that's why it's just, like, those things coming together makes it a lot harder. And I, th- and I think... To, and if I'm wrong on this, you can tell me. But I think I to expand, you. Uh, you can slap me. You can hit me with that Altoids can. Uh, I think, too, what you just said about, well, well, let's talk about that kid's mental health, that white kid's mental health. When we push back on that as black people, it's not that we're pushing back on that specific thing. What we're pushing back on is you don't give us that same benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if if a black person goes and shoots one person, we're thug ass monkeys. They're you know damaged. what I'm saying? Damaged, you're, you're, yeah. a dam- you're a damaged danger to the community. Uh, and when if a white person kills a, a church full of people, uh, well, how was the video games affecting his mental health? And how you know he's some? Let's go back. Oh, it's I remember the term. It's anything but his fault. Yeah, it's it's anything but his fault. fault. And and that's a much larger conversation I, that like we don't have to or I typically want to have right at this particular moment but I do think that's important that man it's it, the, it's go back to the people you put around you 
and forget just put the people you put around you. It's just like, and we're getting better with this as a as a generation and as people. You can eat those Altoids. Yeah, I'm sorry uh, for yeah. laughing, bro, but Joe was trying to quietly eat those <laughs> yeah. Altoids. Bro, we eat in on mic on mic consistently. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've talked about like police violence. You could hear Jakey's chewing on popcorn in the back, <laughs> yeah. watching yeah. the cops beat people yeah. up, just eating popcorn. Oh, <laughs> I love Look at that, that left hook. Look at that left hook. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Look at that left. Oh boy! Uh, but we just also, man, we, you know, it's that whole kids are cruel thing. You always hear that. You know, people are just cruel, man. Like it's favorite, yeah. uh, one of my favorite Gym Class Heroes albums is "People Are Cruel." As cruel as school children, oh, cruel as school children. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, it was a good album. Yeah, man, we we can do better when we talk about self care and mental health and stuff like that. It also can be with just you not being a dick. Yes. <laughs> like, Deadass. And to, to me, that's like one of the biggest things about, like, while we're talking about like the black and the LGBT thing experience. Like, if you are a black person and you're not a part of the queer community, I mean, yeah, I mean, but don't be a dick to those people. Like, leave those people alone. And yes, kids are cruel, but a lot of cruel kids are raised by cruel parents. Yeah. So if you got kids, mm-hmm. stop raising your kids to be assholes. Yeah. Like, seriously, you got to stop doing that because they're probably not going to turn out well. Any number of things could happen to them, like least of which means somebody just beat their ass. And you don't want that because then you got to go out there. Like, it just starts like a whole spiral and stuff. But if we took the time to just invest in being better people ourselves, mm. and even if you don't have, like, mental health things that you're struggling with, even though from time to time I think we all have, like, some form of depression, anxiety, but if you're committed to, like, I just want to be the best possible person in the world. That's such a small thing you can do that makes a difference. And then when people are trying to surround themselves with good people, you're going to be a person who is doing that work to be somebody who will uplift people and support people. And that, like I said, for me, it's just like all about community and what you're adding to the community to like really empower and strengthen people. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what's something else that you, what's something that you wish everybody knew? Or you wish Everybody people would, knew? or not, or just you the wish square root of one hundred and forty four. Cool, it's twelve. Uh, <laughs> not I'm, everybody knew that. <laughs> that's and now one they of, do. That's one of the easiest ones. <laughs> I wish that everybody would know that. <laughs> what's, <laughs> wow. What's something that you wish people? What's something? What's something that if you wish you could tell people about mental health in your life and self care in your life? Uh, that you could just shout from the rooftops, what would it be? Oh God! If I shout and it doesn't have to be well thought out at all. Fuck you! I can make a well thought out <laughs> statement. I can do it. Well, I mean, don't say the square root of one hundred forty-four. See, square root of one hundred thirty-two. What's that one? What is it? Eleven? No. Uh, eleven and a half. Is that right? You can't have a half as a square root, you idiot. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. That's 132. Have a square root. I got a DM yeah, at yeah. one point. Joe got a DM at one point. You know, we don't know. I also, got, I also got a DM at one point. So we three niggas who don't know what the fuck we talking about about that. I used to know. Um, I think if I could yell, just one. I don't know. Yeah, my. Com- can I just say something real quick? I put does 132 and immediately said, "Does 132 have a square root?" That's so scary. That is scary. I heard you. Does it give an answer? I hope it's 11 and a half. You're really working this math. You don't have the square root button? You can just just hit. 
They're doing math. I'm going to think of what yes, yes. I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing is, math on their phones. It is just about 11 and a half. It's 11.489122529. I will be retiring after this episode, ladies and gentlemen. As a Man, math you barely genius. got it right. <laughs> math genius. As a math wow. genius. That's there what I'll go. be screaming from the rooftops. That one almost correct answer. Made <laughs> <laughs> you a math genius. Well, I like that confidence. Thank you. And I, Thank maybe you. that's what Thank I would stream, 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 scream from the rooftops. Just you know, just be confident in who you are, even when you're feeling just feeling down or not feeling well, just like your sense of self, which self, mm. self, which I respect can take people a while to develop, but like you, you have something in you and everybody, everything you do, like your existence has value as long as you're not a trash person. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can just embrace that or even work towards just embracing the smallest things that you love about yourself or want to share about yourself, I think that can make the, sh- the biggest difference in your life because just recognizing your value outside of, how other people see you and how other people perceive you. Mm-hmm. And just like, these are the things I love. It's like truly, truly love about myself and that I think are valuable and that I think the world needs. It'll just, it can just change your whole life. I yeah. Think. But like a, to like on the opposite side of that, like people have to be around. So like you do, like, even though it doesn't, what am I trying to say? You're like, you're not supposed to care what people think about you, but people do need to uplift and validate other people. So it's more, it's so complex. I don't it know is. why I went down that road. It's complex. Uh, well, well, go down this road then if you, if you want to. Let's give an example of sense of self. What would you say your sense of self is of you right now? Right now? Yeah. I don't know. I think I have- Or like, just not at this I'm very, I have a very, just like, I'm very, have very strong opinions about things. I, I, I say this in a weird way. I don't think I'm like, a nice person but i think i'm like a loving and kind person like mm. i really don't subscribe to like nice culture because a lot of time i think that's people being fake not always in like a, a nasty way some people are just being like nice to get through their day that's fine i hate having to do that but i i really really think it's important to be like a kind person who cares about other people and even probably my biggest enemy if they were in need of something and they they probably wouldn't even have to ask me if i had the resources to like help them I would, I would probably do it. Mm. Good on you. Yeah, that's dope. I would kick that nigga's head down mm. a fucking river. Okay. <laughs> it's very hard to I do. Would, there. So just impressed. the head, like you kick yeah. the head just clean the off head, the body, just head clean down the LA River, river. <laughs> which is just one long stream. It okay. really is. Uh, it doesn't really have much movement. It doesn't because it's barely water. Yeah, it's barely water. Uh, but it's long as hell. Very long. It's long as hell. Yeah, but dude, I, I think that is, I think that's a, that's a very good thing to aspire to be. Is just one, have the confidence, uh, and two, like be yourself, which is, is something that a lot of people have trouble being, uh, and even those who don't have trouble being themselves, it's hard to be yourself all the time. Yeah because of just certain factors and stuff like that. So I guess the most you can be yourself, just try to be yourself. Yeah. It starts with that prop I mean probably not starts with that, but that is a that's a part of it for me at least is be okay being the dude who likes Disney. Uh and I thought you were going to say dick for a second. I'm like, "Yes, I'm okay with it." <laughs> <laughs> be okay with the dude who likes dick. 
Yeah, I'm know? okay being a dude who likes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be okay yeah. with whatever the hell you are. Again, that uh, Twitter and Instagram is Joe P. Gould. Those DMs stay open. I mean, he just he just gave y'all an invitation, y'all. We're going to put a picture. You got to send me a picture of you. Oh, God. Uh, if you want. If you want to. If you don't, we can put a random picture I feel picture like these up. picture things will never end. Uh, yeah, you don't like taking pictures. And Not at all. We, we just took the most vulnerable pictures that you could possibly take. A couple of days ago, and it was wild. I'm yeah. very interested to see them. This team photos, team photos. Wow. What yes. a waste of life. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'm life. sorry. I agree. It's yeah. true. It's like, what do you need this shit for? I so think we everyone just, knows that we're a team. They yeah. already do. <laughs> I just think together. people. I just think people wanted to do this yeah. idea. And versus, it, they do look good. They they do look yeah. really, really, really amazing. People uh, gonna, yeah, people we fucking crushed it. People didn't care about taking a picture. They just well, some people did. Uh, but more just people wanted to be naked. Um, I well, think you just gave the game was. away, but okay. Bleep that out. Bleep that out, Dan. Uh, yeah. All right. Last question for you. Okay. Or last thing to talk about. Love it. Uh, what you hating on right now? <laughs> what does that mean? Just like, what's something that you don't like right now? That you want, like, if it's music, movies, an artist. Oh, God. Can I be perfectly fucking honest? Yes, be perfectly honest. Us is a bad movie. Oh! Damn. It okay. is. Damn. And, and, that, okay. and, and you know it's right. The, the okay. plot is poorly constructed. It's it's like Jordan Peele like, went to, it's a pitch that doesn't have, like, a strong perspective okay. and, like, strong beats that follow through. It, it's it's kind of all over the place. And mm-hmm. I, I love Key and Peele. And even Get Out, I, I really like even Get Out. Like, I said that as if it was, like, nobody. As if anybody hates Get Out, everybody loves Get Out. But Us is bad. And See, I liked Us. Well, you have poor taste. I, okay. <laughs> I'm just it's, kidding. It's the second time kidding. I've heard that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah today? I, I think that maybe... That because it was Jordan Peele, he came mm-hmm. with like so much um, admiration from like Get Out and the body of work that he's done. We were like, yeah, this is smart. This is subversive. And when you watch, just watch it. It's not smart. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it don't make no goddamn sense. I, I, I understand where he's coming from. And I kind of like avoid, I didn't avoid, I avoided the movie because I was scared of it. But I also was just like, kind of felt a little girl strippy to me where I was just like no matter what this nigga does we're gonna say it's great because well, we need it to be great. great I do agree with that like people just want it to be great so yeah, yeah. and it's not y'all there are other great movies out there I mean there <laughs> are go watch one of those there Jesus, are yo you just ripped the keys so hard bro <laughs> I'm sorry I'm watching other things I saw Endgame Endgame was better than us to me. I, I'm not gonna comment because I feel like I might accidentally spoil some shit for yeah, people. Yeah, please don't. Really I have. Bad. I'm literally gonna go watch it, <laughs> but like in one hour. The raccoon just... in that movie really pissed me off because he did some fuck shit. <laughs> oh like, that man, ain't making no sense <laughs> to me. just give me an hour, bro. I'm literally. That's all I'm gonna say. It's right there. I'm in walking distance. I've made it so far. Jakey's already spoiled the fuck apart for me. I did not spoil yes, anything did, for nigga. you. You think I don't know what you were about to say? No, I know exactly <laughs> what you were about to say, Jakey's. Oh boy, one hour. Just give me an hour. <laughs> okay, you can have that hour. 
the raccoon yeah. had information and just didn't tell people, and then what nobody called it out. Happening? I mean, you should have saw this shit. Happening. You saw it's this been shit, out nigga. for two days. <laughs> what is happening? Give me one hour. I'm not gonna say anything else. You said a lot already, nigga. That's just nothing. No, it really doesn't spoil anything. It's something I thought about after. I was like, wait a minute. The raccoon knew that was gonna happen. Oh man. All right. All let's right. wrap this shit let's up. Let's wrap it up, <laughs> Joe, Joe. You've already said it, but where where, where can people where find can you? People find you. Oh, one God. more time. I'm just on Twitter and the Instagrams at Joe J O E the letter P and mm-hmm. Gould. G-O-U-L-D. What you working on these days? What should people be checking out from you? Not a damn thing. I don't know. Just come to Maw Night the fourth Wednesday of every month at UCB Sunset at eight thirty. Our Maw Team Emerald is. I mean, the best mod team. Mm. Maybe the only mod team? I think we're the only mod team. Wow, that's a big mm. statement. Yeah, I, mm. I stand by it. <laughs> Who will fight me? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. Not a single soul. Nobody. Not a single soul. Nobody person. at UCB. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they will. Maybe that manager that didn't want to let y'all into the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I almost said his name. Ugh. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I said that was some punk shit. <laughs> <laughs> I I talk shit about him without saying his name, and I feel like somebody like pieced it together and told him. And I'll tell you what, don't give a fuck. We don't care, Mark. Why, you ain't gonna fight us. Did he say something to you? <laughs> no, it's just the way he acts towards me now. Uh, yeah, because we did re- roast him for a long time. We roasted him for a long ass time on that episode. And yeah. I loved every second of it. Oh, so he does listen? Uh, no, nah, I think somebody. People, look, uh, here's the thing. There's Y'all need to mind y'all business. See, that's the problem. People not mind their business. We have snitches. We because we talk shit about people, then they'll be like looking at me sideways. I'm like, ah, someone told you about the episode. We were talking shit about you. Hate that. Hate it too. Hate it. Hate it too. But you know why we got to stop talking shit? Bleep out. Bleep out Mark's name, Dan. <laughs> Everyone's gonna know who mark, the fuck mark, we were mark, talking mark, about. All right, at Jakees Neal on all social media. At Edgar Montplazier on the Twitter, awful Graham on the Instagram. At Culture Kings Pod on everything. Yo, can I say something real quick before you say what you're about to say? Yes. For everybody who's just like y'all don't talk about the issues no more. Y'all don't, y'all don't get into the deep issues no more. I hate these comedy formats. Here you fucking go. Mm-hmm. Get out of my fucking DMs. And get I'm a mind. comedian. <laughs> exactly. Let me be funny. Let us, I'm let too us do insecure comedy. to continue to talk about issues all day. Fuck off. Wrap yeah. up the show, Jakees. Wait, could I just say, like, yeah, say if people are looking say. for, like, resources, if you think you're yes. going through something, you want oh, yes, resources, yes. Uh, just two really quick ones are the National Treatment Referral Hotline. The number to that is 800-622-4357. Um, I would repeat that, but you can just rewind. It's a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then you can also, if financial financial uh, issues are a barrier for you, you can check out findtreatment.sam. HSA.gov and it can help you like figure out what kind of plans you might qualify for so you know just get in there talk to somebody sometimes you really just need to talk to somebody and you'll feel so much better sometimes it's something that requires a little bit more work or you can call them and fart in the phone because it's funny and this is a comedy he show he just said he was a comedian and that and he gives us that okay <laughs> just call them and say hey are you going through anything just fart for a very long time in the phone yep just you know take up that line for somebody that might actually need it <laughs> <laughs> Joe, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. Bye. Why not? That's biggest dick. That's a big That's dick. A big that dick. is That's the entire big. point. So I size mean, matters to you? Are you a size? No, no. You're not a size queen? No, not at all. 
Um, but like, if you see one that big, you can't just be like a little bitch. Like, I don't know what to do. You gotta be like, all right, this is what's happening. (laughs) Love it.